Welcome to the Brick Velocity Podcast, the show dedicated to helping you maximize your returns by buying and selling Lego. Each episode, your host Ryan will break the stereotypes of investing in Lego, and you can use that advantage to boost your long-term profits. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Brick Velocity Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. This is a brand new podcast that I've started to focus exclusively on the buying and reselling of Lego sets. This is an introductory episode where I hope to tell you a little bit about me and what I plan to do with this podcast and why investing in Lego sets and reselling Lego sets is an excellent side hustle, side income, side business, main business that really anyone could get into. It's a a fairly simple and straightforward side business. And I really enjoy it. I've enjoyed it for a number of years now. And I hope to share some of that uh, knowledge uh, with you in, in these episodes. So first, let me tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I've been buying and reselling Lego sets for um, about seven years now on all the major platforms that where you would find Lego sets, eBay and, and Bricklink and Amazon and others. And I got into this hobby, if you will, um, because I've always had something of an entrepreneurial spirit. I've always had some sort of side hustle or side business going in addition to my sort of main nine to five job. Um, you know, years and years ago when I was in college, I was, you know, buying and reselling uh, Magic the Gathering cards. Which I eventually bought and resold video games. And, and I got into this because I, I had young children. And they were interested in Lego. Um, starting with sort of the, the, the bigger pieces, the Duplo sets. And then moving into the, the sort of more standard mainstream Lego sets. And I thought it was really fun. I had Lego when I was a kid. I loved it. Um, I was you know born in the late 70s. And so... When I was a kid in the in the 80s, it was sort of the the heyday of sort of vintage space Lego and these other sort of um, uh, themes, and so I, I thought this would be fun to get into because it, it might be a way for me to connect with my kids, have a better understanding of the uh, of this particular genre of, of toys, and also have um, a side business which I, I really enjoy having something of my own. Um, so I've been doing full sets for, for seven years. During that time, I've also run a successful sort of medium size Lego parts store on Bricklink and Brick Owl. Um, and by medium size, I mean something on the order of you know 200,000 pieces. I had to shut that store down for a move uh, about a year ago, and I hope to restart it up again soon. So over the course of those years, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes. Uh, I've had some successes. And I've sort of developed a strategy or, or a rubric for how I go about investing in Lego sets as a way to sort of accelerate my own investment returns. Um, there are a lot of podcasts out there. Um, and this goes, sort of gets into the section of why I've started this podcast. And you know, it's something I really enjoy. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I watch a lot of videos on YouTube about lego investing or lego flipping or whatever you want to call it 
and I, I consider those two things to be quite different, but they're, they're similar enough to put them together. Um, and I, I feel like there's a lot of podcasts and YouTube channels devoted towards what they call investing in Lego, but um, either the channel is broader than Lego, and so they resell all kinds of toys. And so their their advice about how to buy and, and resell Lego is not particularly well tailored. And so they, they miss some of the nuance that you would get from somebody like me who's focused almost exclusively on, on Lego for the last, you know, better part of a decade. Or, you know, they, they do focus on Lego and there are a handful of them out there and, and sometimes they get, get it right and sometimes they get it wrong. But I, I feel like a, a lot of their advice is not necessarily wrong, but um, is not optimal. They don't focus on how you would go about maximizing your long-term returns on a Lego set. And let, let me give you just a, a quick example. So the, the general thought process, if you watch a lot of uh, YouTube channels or listen to a lot of podcasts about Lego reselling, you know, they, they typically try to triple or quadruple their money, get 300, 400% returns. And their hold times for Lego sets is, is extremely long. It's, you know, two to four years. And, uh, and based on my experience, that's, that's a little bit misguided and certainly a little suboptimal. Um, I think that the hold times should be much shorter than that, not to the point where you're you know, buying it and selling it in the same weekend, but a hold time of about a year is where you capture the majority of, or at least the, 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 the sharpest acceleration of appreciation for a retired Lego set. So I have, I have more sort of my own spin on how I identify sets that I like to invest in, how I deploy my money. Um, how I go about selling the sets once it does co come time to sell them. And I just wanted to share what I thought was a different voice out there. Um, share my own strategy. And the reason I'm starting it now, this is, um, if you're listening to this much later, I apologize, but I'm recording this sort of in the middle to late part of October 2021. And October through, say, January is what I consider to be buying season for my Lego investments. And I do buy throughout the year if there are clearance sales or something like that, but the the vast majority of, of my deployment of capital is from you know October 1st through the end of January. And the reason for that is because I focus, or at least try to focus exclusively on sets that are about to retire. Lego has a, a set schedule, um, sometimes it's unpredictable from set to set, but they have a schedule where they release a set, they produce it for a couple of years, and then eventually they retire it. And they don't produce it again in 99% of, of cases. Occasionally they'll bring one out from the vault that was retired a number of years ago, but in general they retire it and it goes away. Because Lego likes to introduce new products into the market, they, they produce a couple hundred new sets a year, and they can't make everything. And so they have to retire some sets. And those retired sets, once they retire and sort of disappear from store shelves, start to appreciate on the secondary market through Amazon or eBay or Facebook Marketplace or wherever you might want to buy or sell Lego sets. And so um, October through January is buying season. 
because the information we get about what sets are retiring is much firmer. There are a number of sites that are dedicated to this. I have my own um, information, but it probably doesn't differ all that much from, you know, if you go to a brickfanatics.com site, which I have no affiliation with, um, uh, there are a couple other sites as well. They will, throughout the year, produce a list of sets that they believe are going to retire at the end of the year. Uh, a handful of, of Lego sets retire in the middle of the year on, on July 1st, but the vast majority that retire do so at the end of the year to get through the, the Christmas selling season. And so we know a lot more in October and November and December about which sets are going to retire. So this is buying season. And I'll start off this podcast with a series of episodes going through the different themes of Lego, talking about which ones I believe are the the best ones to invest in if you're going to invest. So why should somebody get in, into investing in and reselling Lego sets? Well, there are a number of, of good reasons. Um, you know, Lego is one of the most successful toy brands in the world, has been for decades. Um, you know, we're, we're going on in excess of half of a century now of Lego being in the market. Um, it has survived a number of changes to the toy market. Uh, the most important of which is sort of the shift to digital toys of the last 15 or 20 years, video games and, and iPads and Minecraft and, and all these sort of immersive video games and apps on phones all have come and Lego is still standing. And one of the reasons for that is um, uh, because it is considered to be a, a STEM toy. It's, a, it's an engineering toy where you build structures and, and is considered sort of a, a, a scientific kind of toy um, that someone might buy for their, for their kid as an, as an alternative to screen time um, and a really valuable educational one. So it's a, it's a toy that will endure. The other reason it's endured is because now there are an entire generation of children who have grown up and are now in their 30s and 40s and remember playing with Legos when they were kids. And and Lego has pivoted really nicely, uh, especially over the last, I would say, two to five years, into being a dual toy, both for kids um, to play with, but also as display pieces for adults or for adults to play with. Um, where you have these really nice architectural buildings that never existed 20 years ago that someone who's in their 40s might buy, put together, and, and, and put on their desk or put on their shelf in their office. Um, I have a couple that I display in my office. And um, that pivot over the last few years has been really successful. And so Lego tends to adapt uh, with the times. It also is, has really valuable partnerships with really strong intellectual property out there, Minecraft and Nintendo through the Mario series or, or Harry Potter. I mean, these are all A-plus IP partnerships for them to have. I mean, the only one that they're really missing, in, in my opinion, is Pokemon. And I don't know exactly when Pokemon's contract with, with um, Megablocks ex expires, but I expect that when it does expire, um, based on Lego's partnership with Nintendo for Mario... Nintendo also owns Pokemon, that the that Pokemon will shift over and, and have Lego sets produced, and that will be an extremely uh, popular line of toys. So, you know, based on all of these things, I'm 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 confident that going forward, 
that Lego is going to be a toy that really endures even over the next 50 years. So it's predictable. Um, it's also scalable for investment purposes. If you have $100 and you want to invest in, in Lego as sort of a side little thing, it's easy to do that. There are Lego sets that are as cheap as $5. And there are clearance Lego sets that might even be cheaper than that. And if you want to invest $50,000 into this as sort of a, a side business or side hustle that's a little bit more robust, you can do that too. There are hundreds of Lego sets scaling all the way from $5 up to several hundred dollars. And you know you can get dozens of copies of any one particular set uh, as an investment. And so it's a really great investment strategy for individuals that like to have a little side hustle because it's extremely scalable. I mean, obviously, if you had $50 million, it would be really tough to, to scale that into this investment. Uh, but that would be a, a multi-employee side business anyway, or multi-employee main business anyway. So, um, and, and then the final reason why is that, you know, my rubric that I use for evaluating sets has gotten much more um, successful over the years. Uh, it's a little different than everybody else that's out there buying, you know, the main sort of creator, big, um, you know, assembly square type, uh, type sets, um, uh, the big modular buildings. Uh, I, have a, I have a little bit of a different take on it um, because I sort of focus on the acceleration of, of income over time as opposed to buying a set, holding it for five or 10 years and then selling it for, you know, really nice gains. But I think that there is an alternative strategy that will make you more money faster. So that's why someone like you might want to get into the Lego reselling uh, uh, industry. So last, I'd like to, to talk a little bit about, a little bit about my plans for the podcast. I'd, I'd like to drop an episode. I'm going to have a handful of them that I sort of preload and, and start with, uh, to begin with maybe four or five episodes that talk about a few different, uh, topics. And then I'd, I'd like to drop an episode every you know, Tuesday is sort of my plan record it over the weekend and, and produce it on Monday and then and then have it drop first thing on Tuesday mornings. And they're going to be relatively short episodes, between 15 and 20 minutes, maybe a little bit longer if there's something particularly interesting or, or robust to talk about. But um, I'd like to have a, a sort of a nice-sized podcast that you could listen to while you're you know running a few miles or uh, commuting to work or something like that. It's not going to be a three-hour in-depth interview. Um, if you want something like that, you know, there's a lot of outlets there for you. This is going to be sort of more bite-sized chunks. And so um, I'll eventually put them up on a YouTube channel as well. And we're going to cover a lot of a lot of topics, but primarily how to identify sets to buy, where to go buy them, um, uh, and what to expect from them going forward, and sort of my strategy for um, my buying and reselling cycle that hopefully will get you more gains than your typical um, Lego investment channel. So that's it for this episode. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the content. Uh, if you want to contact the show, I would love to interact with you or, or read questions on air. Um, you can contact us at podcast at brickvelocity.com. And that's our show for today. So thank you for listening. And hope that you will download and listen to us going forward in the future. Thanks. Goodbye. 
Thank you for listening to the Brick Velocity Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to the show and give us a rating and review. See you next time.